hey, you, thank you for being here today. I am really excited about today's episode. Let's be honest, I think I start every episode that way because whenever I think of a topic, I, I've i mentioned I have ADHD, so when I think of a topic, it's like all I can think about for like the next week and I want to just dive deep in it and give as much information as a simplified way to help you. So yes, I am truly always excited about the topics and I really am glad you're here to talk about today's. This is going to be a little bit of a different topic and I'm going to kind of explain the background of the nutrition cycle and when a calorie deficit is beneficial and when it is not because the problem with a calorie deficit is that's all our society talks about. Every diet is talking about cut out, cut out, cut out, cut out. And you know that's not what I'm about. In fact, my first episode this year, I talked about what you could add in. So I really believe that you can use a calorie deficit in a beneficial way, but we are not doing that very well. We are focusing on the wrong things in it, and we are making it extreme, and we are making it uncomfortable, and we are making it just (laughs) burdensome and to be honest, ugly. So I'm hoping to give you some solid tips today to help you see when one might be beneficial for you and when it may not be and what to be aware of if you need to come out of it, what to be aware of if it's not working for you, and just some simple things to help educate you on the nutrition side of health and fitness because I do talk about health a lot. I talk about the core a lot. I talk about exercise a lot, but I I think it's important for people to understand options they have if one of your goals is fat loss. Now, I don't believe that should be everyone's goal. And if I'm honest, that should not be your constant overarching always goal. Because I think when we only focus on fat loss, we lose so much beauty in our abilities and things that empower us and things that make us stronger, and things that add to our life. But I do understand there's situations where that might be beneficial for our health. And that might help make us, you know, a little bit more healthy, you know, with cholesterol and with diabetes and with so many other things. So I'm not against fat loss by any means. I just think it needs to be managed in a way that is correct. And in a way that does not damage your relationship with food or your relationship with yourself, which is honestly the most important thing above all. So as we get into today's episode and I explain how to do a calorie deficit, what that actually means, how to manage it, and how to do it effectively, if you find this episode helpful, don't forget to share it with your friends. It is so awesome when you do that. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag me. I love to look for those. And if you love this episode, don't miss any other episodes. Make sure you're subscribed. Wherever you listen, normally there's three little top buttons at the top right corner. You hit those, it pops down, it says subscribe. It means that the episodes automatically download to your phone every single week so you don't miss any. And if you love this episode as well, don't forget to leave a review. Today, our review is from Maria baking and it says shorter podcasts and I'm going to tell you why I'm reading this review. Hi, Andrea. As a teen trying to get fit and healthy with a good mindset, I love your podcast. You give great advice that I love. However, like many teens, I have a short attention span due to social media. I would love your podcast more than I already do and like to listen to them more, but I would love if you would add five to 10 minute videos once in a while with some clips or whatever other stuff you would love to share. Sending love from California. Now, let me tell you why I read this. I love hearing from you guys. It makes such a difference for me because I'm like, oh, that's actually a great idea. 
that's what I'm going to try to do on the new social media page I made for the podcast. It's make.it.simple.podcast. And I'm going to try to add some more videos on topics, quick reels, things in my stories to kind of help that are short because I do understand sometimes, even though in my mind, I'm keeping these podcasts short and this is going to be another one that's not overly short. You know, I try to stay around 30 minutes. That's still a chunk of time. So I do want to give you those bite-sized nuggets. So make sure to follow along on that social media page to help with that and leave a review and let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you. I really do. And it helps the podcast grow. And before we get into today's episode, I do want to point out that you know I am a big fan of sleep. It makes such a huge difference in so many aspects of your life. And I know it's really complicated to get as a mother and truly even just an adult in general. So one thing you can do that can help is get some high quality, comfortable sheets. And this is why I am a massive fan of Cozy Earth. We have used their products for two years now. We have their bedding, they have pillows, they have blankets, they have pajamas wear and it's made out of viscose bamboo and it's also temperature regulating. They were on Oprah's favorite things list in 2018 and they have such a lengthy warranty. It's so awesome. So you have plenty of time to test it out and make sure they are a fit for you. They're breezy, they're timeless, they're comfortable. They're just so nice, especially if you and your husband run like slightly different. They're just so soft and they do kind of help regulate the temperature a little bit. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today for 40% off site-wide if you use the code SIMPLE40. Again, SIMPLE40, 40% off. You will not regret anything you buy from there. In fact, when we have to change our sheets and I have to go to another set, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to buy another set of Cozy Earth sheets because I hate when we have to use the in-between sheets because I love my Cozy sheets so much. Again, SIMPLE40, 40% off Cozy Earth. All right, so let's get into today's episode and talk about how to actually make a calorie deficit effective and to do it the right way. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. Now, I'm going to be honest as we get into today's topic. You might need a pen and paper because I am going to be spitting out tips and tricks like a maniac. Like as I was writing my outline for just tips to add, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I was like, oh dear, should I split this into two episodes? And I was like, nope, we're going big or we're going home. It's all going in one. It's going to make it easier for people. So you might need a piece of paper. If you're on a walk or something, put some notes in your phone. If you want to do this in the future, again, it's not for everybody, but it's good to know how to do it effectively. And as we talk about a cut, I do feel like it's important to explain what the nutrition cycle is because as I mentioned, all we ever do is talk about reducing calories, reducing our intake, cutting things out, cutting carbs, cutting fat, cutting, 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 cutting. And let me tell you what, even just saying all of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's tired on my soul. I don't want to hear it anymore. So it's important to realize that is one tiny phase of 
a proper nutrition cycle. It is a cycle. You do not live your life in a cut, in a diet. That is not good for you. It's not good for you mentally, and it's not good for you physically. It backfires majorly. I have an entire episode, episode 10, when a calorie deficit backfires because it does backfire if it is not done correctly. So, I want you to listen to this episode. I want you to go back to that episode to make sure you're on point. And I'm going to give a couple other episodes to listen to if you're thinking about a calorie deficit. And I'll also list them in the show notes along with all the studies. Because you know if I'm going to give you information like this, I'm going to fit some statistics and studies and facts into it as well. I always try to fit that in so that you know I'm giving you solid, real information. So with a nutrition cycle, how it actually works is I want you to imagine a circle and I'm going to tell you the word and then there's going to be an arrow that draws to the next word and then so on. And I will actually add an image of this on the podcast page for the account. It's the make.it.simple.podcast. So you can see it as well. I'll add that in a post, but it's a cycle. So first we live our life in maintenance. Maintenance simply is basically calories in versus calories out are about the same. It's where we maintain. So you can look at it, you can say maintenance, or you can say it's where I maintain. This is where you live your lifestyle. This is where you're not overthinking about food. This is where you should be day to day. This is truly where the lifestyle begins. Now, sometimes we are in situations where we might need to lose some fat or we might want to lose some fat, and that's okay. You have to pay attention to your own needs, and it's not one fit fits all. Some people can live their entire life in maintenance and some people might say, you know what, I really want to try to improve, you know, my cholesterol or I really might want to just feel a little bit better. And so I want to do a calorie deficit. So that is when you would go into a cut. A cut, so imagine the arrow going from maintenance down to a cut. A cut is the next option in the nutrition cycle. And that is a short term Let me say short, in all capital letters, bold exclamation points on the sides of it. A short-term decrease in your food intake. It is a short-term calorie deficit. That is where you are eating less than you are burning. So it kind of helps. It's called a cut because it's a cut in your food intake. Typically, a cut can be anywhere from 4 to 12 weeks. Standard, I've seen people say 6 to 8. I feel like 4 to 12 is good. You can go up to 16 weeks, which is 4 months, but I feel like it very much depends on the individual, how much um, fat loss they want to have, and how strong their metabolism is with starting with their maintenance level. And I'm going to get into explaining that because that does make a difference. So you typically, I would say still between four to 16 weeks, you can be in that cut and that is a deficit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But you don't live in that cut. You do not live in that cut. You got to get out of it. It is short term. And from there, after you finish that cut, you would go into a reverse diet. I talk about a reverse diet in detail in episode 11 and how that works. So you'd go into the reverse diet. A reverse diet is where you slowly increase your food intake and go back to maintenance. Maintenance is where we manage, where we live our lifestyle, where we maintain. It's where we live and thrive. And there's not drama about food and maintenance. So you got to reverse back into maintenance. If you're wanting to see changes, you want to use this cycle because it's going to help A, keep a healthier relationship with food. B, it's going to help your metabolism not like basically just like be destroyed from always trying to eat less and less and less and and yo-yo dieting. 
and it just makes a big difference. There's one more option in the nutrition cycle, which I'm going to talk about and often happens, and that is a bulk. Bulk is in B-U-L-K. So after a reverse, you can go back to maintenance or from maintenance or from a reverse, you can go into a bulk. And that is where you are eating more than what you are burning. And this is really common for bodybuilders to do because they want to add muscle. And it's really easy to add muscle when you're in a bulking phase. And it's not a bad thing. Like people hear bulk and they're like, oh my gosh, no. And I'm like, no, no. It's just adding muscle. It's a great thing. And it can easily fit into the nutrition cycle. Not everyone wants to go into a bulk and that is okay as well. You can just go back into maintenance, but that helps. Often when we yo-yo diet, what we're doing is we're going from a cut we're skipping the reverse, we're skipping maintenance, and we're just jumping back to to bulk because we're overwhelmed from this extreme diet where we've been eating lettuce and carrots and lemon water for four weeks. And so then we just lose our marbles and we jump straight into bulking, which is eating more than maintenance. And then we feel this terrible yo-yo, this pendulum of going back and forth between a bulk and a cut, and it is exhausting. And we're skipping major, major steps. As we talk about this cut, I need you to realize my goal is to not have you yo-yo if you do a cut. My goal is to have you understand how to do a cut, and then you want to reverse out of the cut into maintenance, and I will talk about all that. So be aware that this is a cycle, that you do not live in a calorie deficit. You do not live in a cut for your life. Now, There's more ways to see changes than just doing a calorie deficit. And I do want to talk about those. If you increase your weights, you don't necessarily have to decrease your food because as you increase your weights, you're going to increase your muscle. Your muscle takes more work to maintain. So your metabolism starts working harder and then it speeds up your metabolism so it can help you not go into an official cut, but you naturally start burning more calories, which can create some change. You can also change up your macro percents. So if you're someone who has always done a very high carb or high fat diet, then it might create some change if you simply do the opposite because adaptation is really real. And oftentimes when we just shift the percents of our proteins, fats, and carbs, we can also create some change because it's like a shock for our body. So you don't always have to go into a cut. There are other options with building muscle and changing up macro percents, but a cut is very effective if done correctly. As we talk about the cut, I do want to point out that it is not for everybody. If you have a very poor relationship with food, it could make it worse if you have had an eating disorder in the past, it can also make it a triggering experience, which you don't want. But if you are able to focus on the beauty of food and able to see how a short-term cut could be beneficial if your goal is fat loss, it could be very awesome. And that is now we're going to get into how to do it effectively. I just felt like I needed to explain the cycle and explain who it might not be good for before we really got into these tips for making a calorie deficit effective. And I was hoping it'll also help you stop, if that's your goal, stop spinning your wheels and stop kicking your foot against a brick wall because oftentimes people are like, yeah, no, I can do one. I I feel like I have a good relationship with food. I understand it. And then they go into a calorie deficit and they're just like, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not seeing any changes or I'm binging or I just feel like I can't maintain it or I'm yo-yoing. And that is what the tips are going to do. 
Get your pen and paper. Here we go. The first thing you need to know if you are going to go into a calorie deficit is you have to have a high enough window to make the cut effective. I'm going to give you an example of a client and some things that commonly happen for me. So a traditional cut is anywhere from 300 to 500 calorie deficit from your maintenance. Maintenance, again, is remember where you can maintain. It's your normal, your normal behavior at maintenance level. If you are always dieting and always trying to avoid food and then you're like, I'm going to go on a diet, chances are you don't have a high enough intake to do a calorie deficit without causing your metabolism more damage and without causing you to spin your wheels more and more because you have to have that cut window of 300 to 500 calories. And I actually like to sit at 350 to 500, but it is that window range. So here's an example. A client recently came to me and her intake was around 1350 and it varied from 1350 to like 1400. And she said, well, my BMR is 1350 because I did an in-body scan and I'm trying to average 1400 and I would like to go into a cut. If she's averaging 1400, let's say, and then a good cut is anywhere from 350 to 500 calories, that would bring her food intake down to 1,100 to 900 calories. And I'll tell you what, nobody, I repeat, nobody belongs on that low of food. That is not enough food. So she doesn't have a high enough intake for me to do a calorie deficit on her. So I said, you know what? You have to enter the nutrition cycle in the reverse. We have to enter you in and start increasing your food to get to maintenance. The second piece of that is she knew her BMR. A BMR is your basal metabolic rate. That means if you did nothing, if you were at rest all day, that is the amount of calories you burn. You have to remember, you're not laying in bed all day. So that amount of calories, let's say it's 1350, you are walking around, you're getting dressed, you're maybe exercising, you're burning way more than that. So You're going to cause your metabolism issues if you're trying to come down to your BMR and you're trying to go into a cut that is lower than it because you're burning a ton of calories moving around during the day. And often people get their BMR and they're like, oh, okay, so it's 1,200, so I'm just going to eat 1,200. And I'm like, okay, well, then don't get out of your bed and only blink your eyeballs because (laughs) that's all your body's going to be able to manage. So you got to remember, it's got to be higher than that. We have to reverse diet about 30 to 40% of our clients because they come to us and their intake is already at a level that we would consider a cut. They're already eating 1,500 calories. If you're already eating 1,500 calories, that means I'd have to cut you to 1,200, and I don't believe in that. That hurts the metabolism. Even if you're very, very short or older or, you know, there's a lot of statistics of how much you work out, how tall, how short, how much weight you have, it's still there's not enough room. So that is the number one thing. You cannot go into a cut and the cut will not be effective. Not only will it not be effective, it will backfire. It will hurt your relationship with food and you will not see the changes. If you are already eating not enough food, if you are already eating in the low teens, if you are already trying to eat as little as possible, you need to go into a reverse diet, get to a healthier, higher window, and then you can go into a cut. So if a client comes to me and they are eating... 1400 calories, let's say. I reverse them up 
And the amount I reverse them up varies by the person. We watch and make sure they're maintaining. We do it very slowly. We increase them by anywhere from 150 to 200 calories every couple weeks. Everyone does it a little bit different, but that's how we do it with our clients. And once they get to a higher window where they're maintaining and I'm watching their measurements, then we can do the cut. So let's say someone comes in at 1,400 and then I get them up to 2,000 calories. That's fantastic. Now, now we have a window to do a cut that's going to be effective and it's not going to smash your metabolism in the process and it's not going to be unbearable and it's not going to be as big of a deal because a cut from 2000, I could cut her to 1700 or I could even cut her to 1500 and it would be above where she was when she came to me and it would be a short term there and then we would bounce back up to maintenance. So that is the number one thing. You have to have a high enough food intake to be able to do the cut efficiently. If you are already in the low teens, you need to reverse, you need to get higher. So you have that 350 to 500 calorie window to make the cut effective. Next, you want to make sure that you're eating enough protein. Just because you're losing weight doesn't necessarily mean you're losing fat. You could easily be losing muscle. So it's really important that you have high quality protein to help maintain muscle. When you have enough protein, it can help prevent muscle from being broken down and used as energy when you are in a calorie deficit. Protein also has a much higher thermogenic rate, which means it takes longer for your body to burn through the protein and digest it and absorb the protein than it does fats and carbs. That can also keep you fuller longer. So not only does protein help maintain the muscle you already have, because we don't want your muscle being broken down. We don't don't want that because we want to keep that strong metabolism even in a cut. So you want to have enough protein to prevent that and B, protein helps keep you fuller longer so you don't get hungry as fast because being hungry is no bueno. I do not like to be hungry and I'm going to talk about that. I don't believe you need to be hungry on a cut. I've heard plenty of other coaches say that that's part of the process and I'm not on that ship because I myself would never Never do a cut if I had to be hungry because I don't think that's maintainable and it would make me have a poor relationship with food. So I don't suggest being hungry and I will talk about even that a little bit more. But protein is going to help for both of those reasons, to maintain that muscle and it keeps you fuller longer because it's digested slower. There's tons of studies that have also found that high protein intake can help aid in fat loss because it boosts the metabolism and it helps reduce your appetite and it helps in preserving that lean muscle. So it is a game changer. For protein, you typically want to eat between 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, but that's kind of common in the industry. So a lot of people just say, you know, one gram per pound of body weight, but If you are in a cut, you might want to eat on that higher end of the window to make sure that you are maintaining that muscle. I linked a study where it focused on trained athletes, and in a cut, they were cutting for performance to help them when they were competing and stuff. They even had them at 1 to 1.4 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So that is 2.2 to 3.0 grams per kilogram but I'm going to speak in pounds. So they even had them on the very, very high end of that. I traditionally don't put my clients who are in a cut there. I normally will do, like I said, between 0.8 and 1 
gram per pound of body weight, but it's really important to keep that protein higher than when you're in maintenance because we're trying to maintain that muscle and we're trying to keep you full. Episode 22 talks about protein and its effects on fat loss and muscle. So it's going to be a really great episode if you're like, "Uh, I don't know about protein. Go listen to that episode because it's really going to help you see that it doesn't really matter what your goals are. Protein, protein, protein is your friend. The next thing you want to do in your calorie deficit is you want to make sure you are offsetting your fats and carbs. So as I mentioned, you want to keep your protein high, but then you can't just suddenly lower both your fats and carbs. They should be offset from each other. And a lot of people want like this strict guideline of, okay, so I'm going to cut. So do I always lower my carbs and keep my fats high? Or do I always keep my fats low and my carbs high? And the truth is it's going to vary drastically by the individual and it's going to make a huge difference by the individual. So some things you might want to pay attention when you're thinking about, okay, do I keep a higher carb? Do I keep a lower carb, higher fat, lower fat is how often you exercise. If you are exercising a ton and lifting a ton of weights, you're probably going to want to keep more carbs because that's going to help build that muscle and you're using those carbs as energy. If you're someone who sits a lot during the day and you're not moving a ton and you're trying to exercise, but when you're not exercising, maybe you have a desk job and you're not you know, exercising a ton, it might be more beneficial to do a lower carb diet and a higher fat. So you want to offset those. It's really important that you offset those. They both have beauties. If you have any hormone imbalances, fat can really help balance your hormones because of the vitamin D, vitamin K, and all the fat-soluble vitamins. And so if you are someone who has hormone imbalances, you might want to keep that fat a little higher and reduce those carbs. Some studies have shown that not eating enough fat can affect your hormones like testosterone. So it does help you preserve muscle. So it can vary. When we work with clients, I look at their body build. So if they're an ectomorph, a mesomorph, or an endomorph, I look at their, obviously, applications. And I also look at their food journals. So that's something you might want to think about. If you are always doing a higher carb naturally, you might want to change it up because adaptation is real. So you might want to just lower the carbs a little bit and keep those fats higher. But again, it's going to vary. You're going to want to play around with your numbers and see what is a fit for you of whether you want to keep the fats higher and the carbs lower or the carbs higher and the fats lower. And don't be afraid that if you do one strategy that you might have some trial and error and you might need to go a different way, but paying attention to the amount you work out, your activity level, what you're currently doing can all help you find a route for offsetting those fats and carbs. Just make sure both of them are not low, low, low. One of them needs to be higher. So then you would either have a high protein, high fat, low carb. And by low, I mean like moderate low. I don't believe in just cutting out foods. I actually don't cut out anything. Even for my clients who we put in a cut, we don't just cut out a food. It's just moderate. So I should say the intake's moderate. Or you can have the opposite. Have a higher protein, higher carb, low fat. So Don't be scared to try trial and error with those or have a coach help you. A coach is the best thing because they can look at all of your variables and then pick the best fit for you. I know that's how we do that for our clients. Next, you want to make sure that you're having nutrient-dense foods. That means you're having foods that are rich in fiber. Fiber is going to keep you full. It takes longer to digest. We already talked about having enough protein because of the thermogenic rate. You want to make sure you're having foods that have lots of vitamins and minerals in them. Don't be scared of fruits, vegetables, 
high quality meats. All of those things are important. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a cookie. I'm all about that. I'm just fine with that. Even in when I have my clients on a cut, I tell them, you better fit in something you love, like on a regular basis. You know I am a believer of a Reese's Holiday Cup every single day. In the summer, it's the lone, dreary loneliness of no Reese's Holiday Cups, and I stock up for the eggs because I need one every day. So don't forget, even if you're in a cut to fit stuff in. But it's important that we're having those nutrient-dense foods because they're going to keep you fuller longer. They're going to help you feel good. I technically could, if I wanted to, let's say I was on a cut and I'm like, well, I need to have, you know, high protein and I want to make sure I'm getting carbs and fats. I technically could be like, I'm going to have four protein shakes and I'm going to have four or five hostess ho-hos. And then I can do that in a cut and I could still lose weight. Technically, you could if you're like keeping your macronutrients correct and you're not like overeating and you're in a cut, you could, but you're not gonna feel great. You're still gonna have the insulin spikes. You're not gonna feel satisfied and it's not gonna be lasting energy. So you do want to get in plenty of fiber, vitamins, minerals in your food and just plenty of whole foods. And you can weave in whatever you want as well, but make sure to focus still on that 80-20. My next tip when you are in a calorie deficit is gonna have to do with your workouts. A, you do wanna work out regularly because it is gonna help with your muscle mass and we know that's important. But I would suggest having a BCAA or an EAA. So it is a branch chain amino acid or essential amino acid. I talk about those in detail in episode 113 for tips to make your workouts effective. I literally break them both down in detail. So if you don't know what those are, go to that episode. But both of them help maintain your muscle mass. So when you're in a workout, if you're eating in a calorie deficit and there isn't obviously as much food to be used as energy, your body's going to start breaking down stores. We want it to break down fat stores, but it can use muscle. So those are going to help prevent that. It's also going to help you rebuild muscle fat. And it's going to help with protein synthesis and just making those muscles stronger. So it's really important to have a BCAA or an EAA. And I even compare them in that episode 113. So don't forget calorie deficit. You need that supplement. It's a crucial supplement for that. My next tip is to include an off plan meal. Now, I know a lot of people call this a cheat meal. I don't believe in calling it a cheat meal. I'm not cheating. I planned it. I don't cheat. I sometimes cheat in cards, especially if I'm trying to be my husband, so he knows I always win. I know you're with me on that one. (laughs) But for real, I don't like it called that because it's insinuating you're doing something wrong and you're not doing anything wrong. It's called living a life. So I have my clients, if they are, if they are someone who I have them in a calorie deficit, because I do use that cycle of making sure people are getting their needs met. If they are in a calorie deficit, I tell them plan an off-plan meal. And more so than just like going crazy in the off-plan meal, it's about not tracking macros if that's what you're doing, or just having a little mental break and having something you enjoy on a regular basis. I believe that should happen regularly. If you're on a plan that is so rigid and restrictive that they don't give you any freedom for having some moderation, because moderation is legit and real and it's needed, it's going to ruin your relationship with food. So with my clients, if we're tracking macros, they know they can fit stuff in every day because I'm a big believer of what moderation really is. I don't believe in the all or nothing. And then they also know that they have off-plan meals where 
If they have their family over on a Friday and they have pizza, you better believe I'm going to tell them, yeah, you can have a slice of pizza. Go for it. Enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're cheating. Enjoy the pizza and be like, that was a dang good slice of pizza. And I love my company and I love my pizza and move on. Move on for it. Make sure you allow some freedom. Stop trying to be perfect. No one has ever been perfect. And if you're over restrictive, you will end up yo-yoing where you're in that extreme diet. And then we're shifting into bulking. And that's falling out of the true nutrition cycle where you're just going back and forth from under to over. And we don't want to get on that pendulum. So make sure that even in a calorie deficit, you have that freedom. Also, in that off-plan meal, sometimes people will even call it a refeed. Purposefully, it actually can help your hormones because when we're in a calorie deficit, it can kind of stress out our body and our metabolism because we are eating in a deficit. So when we do that refeed, it can help our liptin levels. It can help, which our liptin levels are what help keep us full. It can help our, you know, minimize our ghrelin levels, which is what makes us hungry all the time. It can help us sleep better. It can help restore glucose. So there's definitely benefits besides just the mental benefits of having the freedom to like truly enjoy your life and have you know, pizza, it also truly does help you in your cut to have some freedom and have that off-plan meal and kind of reset your body so you're not stressing out your body at the same time. So not only is it needed mentally, it actually is needed physically. And I suggest it for all my clients. Sometimes they'll even be like, oh, I haven't had an off-plan meal in like two weeks. And I'm like, okay, so your assignment this weekend is to go out with your girlfriend, your parents, your spouse, whoever, your kids, and have a meal you enjoy. And that's that. Move on. Typically after these meals, you may gain a couple of pounds. That's just water weight. It goes away. If you are tied to the scale and worried about that, don't get on it. You know I'm not a fan of the scale either. So if you worry about that, don't step on the scale. It's 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 garbage anyway, but just be aware of that. But it's just water weight because it's a shift in your intake. Don't overthink that. My last three tips are going to kind of all hug together and they're not full-blown tips. They're more of things to be aware of in your calorie deficit as we move on. And the first one is, as I mentioned, I don't believe that you need to be hungry in your calorie deficit. And I know, as I mentioned, there are trainers who do believe that. Hunger to me is a cue from your body. And I think there's different reasons that it happens and there's things to be aware of. So if you are hungry three days in a row and you have drank enough water, you are not bored, you are eating nutrient-dense foods because sometimes a client will say, I'm hungry, and then I will kind of ask what types of foods they're eating, and they're not eating anything that's really filling them up, you know, some good hearty fats, some quality meats, some really good vitamin-rich and fiber-rich foods, and then when I get them to kind of change up that adversity, they're like, oh, actually, I'm really satisfied. I feel great. So being aware of the hunger and what's happening matters. You do want to pay attention to that water, to your sleep, and to the food density. If you are doing all those things and you're like, I'm hungry, increase your food intake. Your calorie deficit may be too low. As I mentioned, I would never do a calorie deficit where I was hungry every day. I would lose my mind and I would put my face in a cake. And that is the truth. I will admit the truth. (laughs) I can't maintain that. So you have to be able to maintain it. If you are hungry three days in a row, It means your calorie deficit is too deep and you might want to increase it or you might want to change with those percents. I know fat can help you stay fuller longer. You might want to increase your fat a little bit. You might want to make sure you're having some complex carbs and just increasing the overall intake a little bit might make a huge difference or playing with those percents. But I don't believe you need to live with hunger. And if you're consistently hungry and all of those boxes are checked off with the water and such, 
you need to increase your food intake. Your calorie deficit is probably too low. And if you can't manage it for a couple days, there's no way you're going to be able to stay in that cut and it's going to swing you into the bulk, into that yo-yo. I also want you to realize that just because a food intake or a calorie amount or macros worked for you before doesn't mean they're going to work again. That's really, really common. People will say, well, four years ago, I ate this much and I lost this much weight and then this happened. And I just think that was four years ago. Like your metabolism is different. You work out a different amount. You probably work out more. Like I've had clients who used to work out like a couple days a week and now they're working out way more. And they're saying, why are you giving me more food? I'm like, because I'm hoping you have more muscle mass on you. You worked with me two years ago And I'm hoping you have more muscle, so I think you need more food. Even if you're in a calorie cut, you might need more food. And also, if you're always consistently going back to that old thing that worked for you and it's no longer working, it's probably because you're trying to diet so much that you're hurting your metabolism and you need to go into a reverse diet and fully reboot that metabolism and get a nice break for it and get a good food intake and lift weights to help fuel muscle as you're increasing that food intake to go into where we manage, where we maintain, where we live. Lastly, this is probably one of the most important things about a calorie deficit. You have to reverse back to maintenance. I mentioned, as I said, just because it worked before doesn't mean it'll work again. But not only that, even if you're trying something new, you have to go back to maintenance. We often go on to these diets where we see changes and then we're like, okay, this is my new norm, 1450, 1500 calories, whatever it is. And we think that's where we live. We do not live in a calorie deficit. I will say that until I am blue in the face. You have to increase your food intake by 150 to 200 calories. Make sure you're getting a good variety of proteins, fats, and carbs. That's going to vary by person. That's very individualized. Anyone who gives you strict stats isn't taking the individual into account because that does matter about their exercise level and hormones and so many things that really do play a role. But it doesn't matter who you are. You do need to reverse back. Typically, if you are reversing back, you are more likely to maintain that weight. If you do not reverse back and you just try to stay at whatever cut you're on and then slowly you'll like want to live life and you'll be like, oh, I got to have pizza here or I got to have this here. I got to have this here. And before you know it, you'll be like, well, I fell off track. You didn't fall off track. That's not what happened. You didn't give yourself the freedom to slowly increase, to give your metabolism that experience of slowly increasing and being able to manage more food correctly. And if you do it that way, the the metabolism, it's able to maintain it. And that's how you maintain. But when we don't give that metabolism that step-by-step increase, yeah, it's just like a whoop, okay, that's 600 more calories out of the blue. And we're doing that consistently. And that's how we gain that weight back. You've got to do it slowly, step-by-step. The metabolism adapts, you add more. The metabolism adapts, you add more. And that is the beauty of the cycle is the reverse puts you in maintenance and then you live your life in maintenance. You typically need to stay in maintenance for anywhere from, I would suggest, six to eight weeks at the minimum. At the minimum, you do want to stay there for a decent amount of time. And then you can do a cut again. Look at what you're doing. Are you on a space where you can even go into a cut or do you need to reverse first think about that cycle and think about where you are truly falling and what you need to be doing to actually make that cycle effective which is going to help you create a lifestyle because again we do want to live in maintenance the other phases should be short term and I promise you when you understand it that way it gives so much freedom so much empowerment. We stop fearing food. We start seeing how it works for us, 
how it actually fuels our goals, how it's not about just little and little and little. It's about the right amount for our body and its needs in that moment and then adjusting and shifting. I love you. I mean it. And I promise you are always doing better than you think you are. All right. We'll chat next week.